Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all Welcome to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Great to be here today, as always. A fine, rainy, cloudy day to take your dog for a walk in Seattle. But hey, just get out there and do it. Excited about the show today. I actually have a childhood friend on the line with me from Massachusetts, because I'm from Massachusetts. I have my old friend, Nicole, who reached out to me about her family's new puppy. And she said... I've got three kids, and I've got this mom thing down with human children, but I've got a puppy now, and I have a lot of questions. So Nicole is on the line with us in Massachusetts. Nicole, welcome to the dog show. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> I'm excited to be on. Yes, it's great to talk to you, and, uh, um, you know, I'm really excited to help you with your dog, and I know that this your questions are questions that a lot of people who are listening have as well or know somebody so this is just a great opportunity to clarify clarify some pretty important things about raising a puppy because you said I've got you have three boys what like five eight and nine or something ages eight and nine yep three boys lots of activity you're feeling like you got the mom thing down pretty well and then you're like, this puppy, though, I don't know, you know, what am I supposed to do if she makes a mistake or has an accident or is, you know, crying in her crate? And then you try to read online and then you end up more confused by yeah. the end of it. Right. Because you're getting all this. Absolutely. All this conflicting information. Do this. No, don't do this. Do that. No, don't do those. Do You know, so it's unfortunately, right. unfortunately, um, you're not alone in this. So. You guys have a, a golden doodle? She's a golden doodle named Luna, and she's 12 weeks old. Very cute. 12 weeks, and you've yeah. had her for a week and a half? Just a week and a half, yes. Okay. And it sounds like she's doing pretty well as far as um, adjusting to your home. You have three young boys, lots of activity and energy in the house. <laughs> yes, yes. And she's kind of doing pretty well, it sounds like, which is great. Because that's, I mean, that's, you know, just fundamentally a, a blessing for sure. So I'm really yeah. glad to hear that. And then you do have some questions, though. So why don't you just start with uh, one of the, one of your points of clarification? Well, I'd love to get back in the bed with my husband. So I'm, I've been sleeping on the couch trying to figure out the crate training at night slash potty training. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that she almost, I'm not sure if she's whining to get out or whining to go to the bathroom. Right. So I'm struggling understanding um, her, I don't know if it's her cries or her yips or her yowls. Um, and when I take her out, Sometimes it seems like she's just marking the area, not truly having to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm struggling as to, I don't want her to have an accident in the cage, but I also don't want to be, um, you know, out for a midnight trip. Right. And she's 12 weeks old? She's 12 weeks old. Okay. And um, where is your, where is her crate? So it doesn't sound like the crate is in your bedroom. No, it's not. Where's the crate? Her crate? Her crate is next to the living room and in between the kitchen. So she's in our dining room. So she's in a um, kind of a center of an activity during the day. Okay. But at night, she has her own area on okay. the first floor. Okay. And have you tried? Um, so it's really, really common question for puppy owners. I don't know. Is this dog telling me that that she needs to go to the bathroom? Or right. is she just not wanting to be in her crate because you yeah. don't want to not let her out if she has to go to the bathroom, but you also don't want to just give in to her not being, you know, just being unhappy being in there. It's like, well, you have to learn how to right. tolerate that. And yeah. so it's hard to tell. So some yeah. of some of the process is kind of feeling your way through it. If you think, you know, really go with your gut. On some things, I know this is your first dog, but you, <laughs> you know, you've 
you're a mother to three boys and you've got to know yeah. that when you're feeling your way through a situation, there's a lot of intuition involved in it. So yeah. even though you're new to dogs, um, trust your instinct as you're feeling your way through it. And then, of course, sometimes we get it wrong. And then, you know, you you thought that uh, you, she really needed to go to the bathroom. And so you let her out. And then she just goes out and plays in the backyard at, right. at midnight. And you're like, okay, <laughs> like you just <laughs> totally played me with that. And so then you you learn from that as you go to. Um, yeah. But just try to try to just go off of like, well, what does your instinct tell you? Um, and what's a reasonable expectation for 12? I know she frequent potty during the day, but what's a reasonable expectation for her to hold her bladder? Because I'm, I'm not even even sure yeah. about that. Conservatively, so very okay. safely, I would say, Safe. unless she has a urinary tract infection or, infection or bladder infection. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if you, if she's going potty in her crate through the night kind of thing, can't yeah. hold it for more than a few hours or whatever, then that's just something to have on your radar, especially with female dogs. It's not terribly okay. common with puppies. Worms are common with puppies, so you should have her stool okay. checked for worms. Um, okay. That's pretty common. Um, urinary okay. tract infections, not so much, but just in general okay. or as she gets older through her life, if you notice all of a sudden she starts having pee accidents again and she can't hold it or whatever, urinary tract infection, easy for your veterinarian to check for, antibiotics, clear it up, good to go. But you do want to, you know, so just keep that on your radar. Um, Mm -hmm. So assuming there's nothing medical going on, conservatively, very, very, very safely, I would say she should be able to hold it for seven hours at least. Holy moly. Okay. (laughs) There you go. You're back in bed with your husband now. As long as you can keep her, (laughs) as long as you can keep her quiet, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Now, let's say I, I use my instinct, and I think she doesn't have to go. I've just taken her out. Yep. She went to the bathroom. We're back in her crate, and we're yipping and we're yowling. And yep. I make a mistake, and she she didn't. She does have an accident. Yep. Um. How do I handle that? Just clean it up. Yeah. There's no okay. correcting that. Okay. Yep. All right. And in general, so let's just, let's get, let's save the house training. We'll talk about that. And then let's, let's stay with the crate. Cause I just felt myself like wanting to go off into the house training thing, but let's just stick with the crate part and the, and the yelping and whining and stuff. Right. So now every dog is different. I say this, I think every time I talk about anything training or behavior related, and then really so often Every dog is different, just like people. You have three boys. They are not the same <laughs> beasts, are they? Not even remotely. Right? So right. how you might work with one who's upset with you or yeah. whatever would might be different from how you would work with another one because right. of how they're, how they're different, and you kind of get to know that as you get to know them. The same yeah. is true with dogs. So it's really important okay. if anybody is reading or basically getting information in a way that is other than having a professional in person who's mm-hmm. good at what they do, because that's not assumed, and right. and gets to know your dog as an individual, you have to take the information that you get that's general and try to see what applies to your dog and how to best fit that to your dog as an individual, because they are so different. But I can yeah. definitely give you some general guidelines about some things to try and then you just have to go off of how she responds to what you're doing and let her let you know if you are being effective or if you're not being effective okay so the tricky thing with the crate is that um sometimes dogs and it's hard to tell the difference just based off of how it sounds um Mm -hmm. some dogs might be coming from a place of like I mean, it's hard. It's so much transition. She yeah. went from her her mom and and litter mates at the breeder's house where she was born to this new house, and there's a lot of adjustment. Dogs are very generally very adaptable, especially if you know get a puppy who's got a great temperament and all that, which oftentimes you know. But in your case, that is 
what you're working with with is awesome, but it, yeah. it's still an adjustment. So mm-hmm. there is some stress involved for her where she's like, this is not what I'm used to. I'm not used to sleeping um, by myself. I'm used to sleeping in a pile of puppies, you know, next mm-hmm. to warm bodies and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and it sounds like your crate, you have her in a large crate that has like a uh, a partition kind of thing so that it's not too big. Yes. So we put in a divider. Okay. And she, it sounds like it's been a week, like she had an accident in there like a week ago, but then hasn't had one since overnight? Yes. Okay. Um, if If puppies have accidents in their crate, like, within the first few nights that you have them, I don't put too much stock into that because they're just so okay. whacked, they're just so whacked out. Like everything's so different and they're like, what, what the heck is going on? So right. I don't worry too much about it. If it's just, you know, within the, that f- initial really like, Whoa, my world just blew up. Um, but if it continues to happen, then, you know, then we can have some challenges related to that. But she hasn't had an accident in, in her crate at all in a week. Is that correct? Or just overnight? Um, at all. But that I don't know if that's attributed to me jumping up every time. Right. I'm afraid she's going to have an accident. Right. Or well, some progress. Right. So that's where I'm kind of. Yep. So what's the longest amount of time that she's been in the crate? So the longest was. The first night she was here, she actually slept from 11 to 6, but I think the poor thing was just, just wiped out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Last night, she went from midnight to 6.50. Okay. So, which I was pretty pumped about. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I'm going to give you some things to just to, you know, write down on your notepad and then. Got it try or not, you know, kind of take it. So there's just some things that are right there for me to say. Um, okay. First of all, puppies can have an easier time if the crate is in your bedroom. Okay. It's because they're not alone. Like at least they're in the room with somebody. So for, okay. for me, um, that's what I've always done. But a lot okay. of people don't do that, and they're able to do it successfully. So I'm not saying that you have to do that, but that is just okay. something to know. She's going to be uh, – it might be easier for her to relax in the crate if she feels like she's – because, you know, you're down there sleeping next to her right now because you, you sense right. instinctively that she'll, she might be more comfortable if, if she's not, like, totally by herself, feeling like she's totally by herself. It doesn't mean that she yeah. can't get used to it. But if, if it's like, oh, well, that's no big deal. I'll just bring the crate up to the room. As long as she's sleeping through the night, we're happy. Then you might, yeah. you might consider that. Or if you're like, no way, that's not going to happen. Okay. Like, so, you know, kind of basing it off of what works for you. Okay. Um, have you tried ignoring it first? Because sometimes they, you know, oh this is horrible and they you know carry on for however long and then eventually just give up and fall asleep so have you tried that yeah so i've started to recognize um to let her settle Mm -hmm. um and just i don't say anything i'm just kind of laying in the next room okay um and there's it's an open wall so even though she's right on the other side of the wall but it's an open wall and i'm right on the other side Mm -hmm. um so I, I kind of try to listen and let her work it out, and she does settle herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's really like that 10 to 12 period where she free, like kind of freaks out and, and will bump up against that divider and really just sounds distraught. Okay. And I, I try and try and try. It's similar to me as a crying baby. Um, oh. I, you know, you, you, there's a certain limit where you're like, okay, I have to go in. Mm-hmm. But I may be creating my own problem. Right, exactly. So yeah. with a dog, um, mm-hmm. now another thing just about sort of logistically, the crate, make sure that the crate's not too small. My okay. yellow lab, when he was a puppy, okay. um, was in a crate that was not too small for him. Like he wasn't, you know, he fit in it okay. Okay. But he as an individual was more comfortable with more space and as soon as we 
uh, were like, uh, he's like, sh- he's kind of like just showing more stress than, than normal. And, okay. you know, we knew where he came from and stuff. So it was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it was just, again, one of those kind of instinctive things. Put him in a bigger crate right. and he was like, this is much better. And okay. so you might play with the where you have the partition placed because I know sure. you made it probably like really small so that she doesn't go potty in there. But she might be feeling like eh, this. I'm feeling kind of cramped, like I'm feeling a little claustrophobic. So maybe give her a little more room. And then what you can right. do also is you can, again, for our lab and we haven't done this with other dogs, but for him, it really he was used to sleeping next to other bodies, you know, other puppies. Okay. And then all of a sudden there's right. nothing. So yeah. do you have like a big um, golden doodle puppy sized like teddy bear or something that you can or, do, you know, dog toy. So you want to make sure that it doesn't have anything that she could chew off. So you would probably right. want to get like a dog toy rather than like one of your son's old stuffed animals that they're be, they'd be <laughs> willing to donate. You know, because if it has like a plastic nose or eyes or something, they can chew it off and swallow it. Just want to be careful about that stuff. Okay. Um, Or even Uh, like a rolled up really tight, like a big blanket or something that she feels like her body is next to something, but in a bigger crate. Okay. Um, We have right now there, we have like a small, uh, like uh, it's not big at all, like bed for her to lay on and a couple towels in there. mm Mm-hmm. But that might not be enough for her. Something that might just feel like another body. Okay. Just physically, because they might, she might want to curl up against something. Okay. I mean, just um, physiologically, like feeling that pressure against her body might might help her feel like, okay, this is what my nervous system is used to. Okay. Um, pick up the water after, you know, so what time do, would you like to put her to bed? You know, 10... If it's 10 o'clock? I usually, yeah, 10 o'clock. Between 10 and 11, my husband usually, we usually go up to bed together. Yeah. Um, I've I've been so tired. I'm like, it's 10. Right, right. (laughs) So so let's say, regardless if it's 10 or 11, maybe you pick up the water bowl after like 8. Okay. And leave it, like put it away until the morning? Yeah. Just so that she's not, just so that she's not like tanking up at like 9:30 and then you're trying to put her to bed and then at 11 she's like I've got to go to the bathroom like whoa. So you kind of let that intake work its way through a little bit so that gotcha. Right. So generally speaking I don't control water intake. I have heard right. people have read like ration their water. I'm no. Don't, you know, got to give her as much water as she needs. But at night Yes. And and part of the process, too, is that her bladder is actually getting stronger. So if you ration water and only ever let the bladder fill up to, you know, a half a cup of water, it's not the muscles actually aren't strengthening and and getting okay. stronger as she develops. So I don't recommend rationing water in general, except that it is not a good idea. It's not setting anybody up for success to have her tank up right, you know, late at night and then. 11, 12 o'clock, she's whining, and you do feel that pressure to let her out. Right. And the other thing that will happen is, so I bring her out at night, she goes to the bathroom, and when I take off my boots and put my jet, like, it's all right there. I'm not traveling any far. She'll run and she'll go suck up water. Right. So so that's a good idea. But no, I, I had that right. tough yep. feeling of, like, am I denying something that yeah. she needs? Mm-hmm. Well, if she has water all day, I'm constantly, you know, refreshing it for her. Right, right. So she'll be okay. You're telling me she. Yeah. (laughs) She'll be okay. If you want it now, is she is she so thirsty because she's got herself all worked up, or is she just wanting to drink? um, I, you know, it's a combination. Sometimes she'll get herself worked up, but sometimes I think she goes in, she has a, you know, some water. She doesn't finish the bowl, and then she'll head towards her crate. Okay. If she goes and just gets a little bit, I mean, that might be a situation where if, you know, she's thirsty and just wants like a little drink, maybe she could have a little drink. Um, okay. But, but just be careful that she's not having, that would be a time where I would actually ration a small amount. So okay. pick up the water, you know, so if you're going to bed at 11, pick up the water at nine or something. Okay. And then, you know, gotcha. she shouldn't need to have, you know, water in the middle of the night. 
Right. Okay. Um. So, water intake. Okay, so, yeah. you know, managing that kind of stuff, setting up the crate differently, possibly. Okay, now you're like, all right, you haven't had water since 9 p.m. <laughs> it's 1045. I'm taking you out for your last, you know, potty. Yeah. And she goes mm-hmm. potty. And yep. you put her in her crate. Good night, sleep yep. tight. And then she's like, get me out of this thing. So yep. how does that start? Is she, does she start, uh, does she sort of settle down and then start whining after a little while? Or is it as soon as she gets in the crate, she's, she spikes with stress? She spikes with stress. So the, like I'm trying to keep an established routine for her. So we come in, she goes to her crate, and then I shut off the lights and I go to my couch. Yep. So it's trying to keep everything the same so she it's predictable for her. Yep. And within probably a, a minute of me shutting off the light, we've got that just that serious kind of movement in the crate, the yipping, the yowling. Mm-hmm. And then if you when you've waited it out, does it de-escalate on it on does she de-escalate on her own? I can uh, it's tough because I've kind of picked up like in the so beyond the 10 to 12 period, she might yip or yap. Like if I take her out, and but she settles very quickly between that ten and twelve period, it's it's almost like I'm dealing with a a type of different. She's very upset. She yells. She doesn't soothe herself typically. Okay. Usually, it results in me getting up, taking her out, and she doesn't really go to the bathroom so much as is it makes sense that she might be like squirting or like just like marking her territory more. Like, there's not really a true release of uh, bowels or urine when I do that second trip out. Yeah, she does a little bit just to be like, hey, look, I'm going to the bathroom, but then there's not much. much. Yeah, Like, I'm a sucker. (laughs) Okay, so it's interesting because um, your sort of gut is at least least telling you to ask, am I getting totally played right now? And yeah. so it's it's curious because I the first thing I said was like listen to your intuition and you might be right about that you might be like okay. mm, you know I don't know it could be that she by the time she goes into her crate at ten o'clock after mm-hmm. a day of three boys new house new adjustment so yeah. much energy and activity she might be overtired. Oh, okay. That makes sense. The puppies absolutely are they it's like a witching hour kind of thing and you know like when familiar with that. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. you are just like melting down. So yeah. um that could be where she's just like just really getting herself worked up and, and it's like, okay, you need to so um giving her um something having stuff to chew on is a good way for dogs to kind of work that energy out to kind of help them get to a relaxed place. I don't know if you're giving is her that, anything to chew on in her crate. Uh, yeah. Do you mean like a chew toy or like an actual chew <clears throat> something, something she can eat? Something edible, but not, not that she can eat too much of. Like okay. a bully so like stick. What would be a good... Okay, so here's puppy chews. You've... Okay. Chews okay. for people with puppies... You've mm-hmm. got to have chews because they they okay. want to chew, especially, uh, I mean, any puppy, but, you okay. know, especially retrieving breeds, those guys that are really oral, but really any yeah. any dog, any puppy, you g- good set of chews is your, uh, like a puppy mom's best friend. Okay. So bully sticks, they're made out of muscle, okay. muscle and connective tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, bones, so like marrow bones, um, like a beef marrow bone where it's just like the, the hard shaft of a bone, like a section of it, okay. like a, you know, two, three, four inch section of it that okay. is, that is solid bone. And then you can get them where they're cooked and like packaged. Um, okay. and then they just, you know, sort of gnaw off the stuff, um, that's in it and, and around the outside of it. You can also get them raw in a freezer section 
of either a pet, like a local independent pet store or your grocery store, marrow bones, like soup bones. Okay. Not knuckle bones. Not knuckle bones. Knuckle bone is the porous, bulbous end of a big, like, femur bone, and that is where dogs can end up actually eating a lot of the bone, or there's a big chunk of, like, cartilage or something that they swallow and then end up hacking up, or, you know, that can kind of cause some digestive upset, but the but the the shaft of the bone that's just a solid, round, you know, hollow with thick walls, hard bone, that she's mm-hmm. not going to be getting any of that you know, breaking any chunks off. She's just going to lick out the marrow on the inside and then any flesh that's on the outside. So it, it is a little messy. So it's a great treat for her to have when she goes in her crate. And then you're helping establish okay. a positive association to the crate. Awesome. Bully sticks. You want to stay away from rawhide. It's not yes, digestible. Um, yep. Pig's ears, stuff like that. It's not. No it's, pig's ear either? No. Go with like bully sticks or... Um, you can get some chews that are made out of tendon. Okay. That's connective tissue, so it's digestible and has some nutritional value. Um, depending okay. on how vigorous of a chewer that she is, um, and, and there's individual variation and then also the size of the dog, but you just mm-hmm. gauge, like, if you give her something and then she's done with it in, like, two minutes, you're like, mm, that was a little fast. I want this to last. So you'll okay. just gauge the density and, 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 like, thickness of what you get off of how quickly she burns through it. You want it to be something like not too dense that she's like, what am I going to do with this? My little puppy teeth can't even break into this. But, Mm -hmm. and then you don't want it to be too light because then she just eats it too fast. And you're like, well, that didn't buy me much time. Right. Right. So just gauge that, you know, try, you know, there, and the bully sticks come in different sizes. You can get like lighter ones that you can tell are just not as dense. They're not as thick. And then you can get okay. big fat ones. Um, okay. And so just, you know, gauge off of how quickly she chews through it as an individual. Some of them really, really, really stink and some of them don't. Mm. So just a heads up on that. Okay. Some of I them are even. Four boys. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, they'll, some of them are even marketed as like odorless because the ones that do okay. stink, you, it'll fill up a room. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So there's, you know, if you get if you get them and you're like, oh my god, this thing reeks, then just get a different brand. Right. Yeah. Love so the bully sticks. Each, okay, lots of bullies. So, like the worst case scenario is that I use my gut and it's wrong, and she has an accident. I just clean it, take care of it, and we move on. Yeah. In the, if she has an accident, should I bring her outside right away, or do I just deal with it, remake her bad? Yeah, so if she has an accident in her crate, you would yeah. just use it as input of, of like, okay. you know, what you could do differently. Um, sure, okay. There's no educational anything that should happen around that. That's not an opportunity for education. It's different if she gotcha. has an accident in your house and she's loose, and we'll talk right. about that. But in the crate, okay. you're, you know, you really t- actually ideally just no, no reaction to it at all. As far as she's concerned, you would okay. just take care of it. Just notice it. Yep. Take her outside okay. to go potty. Maybe depending if, if you have like a fenced yard. Do you have a fenced yard? I, I don't. Okay. It's okay. Um, we got her a fenced area mm-hmm. that's like six by 10. Yeah. Like a pen. Like a pen. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't put her in there yet because I've, I've pretty much just been walking her, playing with her, okay. getting her used to her surroundings and the craziness that's this house. Right. So, so. you um, just do what you normally do. You know, take her out, let yep. her go, let her see if she needs to go potty, and then, you know, bring her inside, and then you just pull out the bedding Put you know, yep. put it put it in the wash. Put new bedding in without any yep. sort of emotional anything in in how you're doing it. It's just like, no big deal. I'm just going to do this, and then I'm going to you know make note of this in my own head, and and you know just right. be like, oh, I maybe I made the wrong judgment call on that. Okay. Um, I have found with a lot of puppies that they need uh, a little bit of discipline around carrying on in the crate because. Okay. What it does, the function of a correction, is that okay. it interrupts 
the undesirable behavior and gives them actually access to relaxing because okay. it it just like if she's and you just like what I've always done with my puppies after I try waiting them out, you know, I'll, I'll see yeah. if they'll just, okay, you're going to carry on for 10 minutes and then just pass out. I'll try ignoring it first. And then if okay. they, if they show me that that's not going to work, then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of input about that. You need to accept that you're in this crate. And okay. so one thing that's different, I know that when, when we talked for a minute earlier today, mm-hmm. you're like, well, this is what I do with my boys, but this is a dog. Right. This is a dog. <laughs> right. So one thing that's a little bit different with dogs, just to generalize, is that it's 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 simpler. Um, okay, good. And more direct. Okay. And it feels a little um, harsher because there's actually action that has to go along with, um, like if you're going to use the word no, for example, which is the word that I use to attach to a correction, If you're going to, so, you know, conditioning that word no with something that's actually happening. And this is modeled after how dogs communicate with each other. Okay. So if, if you have two adult dogs and one of them tries to, you know, mount the other one and the other one is like, get off of me, they're going to be like, and, you know, turn and hopefully just sort of air snap, bare their teeth. Right. You know, correct the other dog and be like, don't do that. And the, then the okay. dog is like, oh, okay, you just need to tell me. Um, okay. But we don't have the those built-in, you know, big teeth. And right. it, it would be weird, you know, if I was like, you know, so growl and snap. I mean, you know, it just is like weird. <laughs> um, so, i try anything. Yeah, I know. I'll do it. Um, <laughs> so, so what I've always done is just I'll go over and you just, you've okay. got your, your business mom. I'm not messing around right now. But I'm not, okay. you know, angry or scary or anything like that. But I'm not messing around right. right now. And what I've done is just sort of smack the side of the crate, knock it off. Okay. Okay. So she learns dogs are very, very much cause and effect. She learns and she's learning about how the world works right now. She's only lived with you for a week and a half. And she's only been on the planet as this dog for 12 weeks. So she's learning about how the world works. And you know this with the boys. They try something and they see what kind Mm -hmm. of feedback they get. Yeah. And so it's up to you to be mindful all the time about what am I going to, you know, reinforce or not, you know, that it's so very similar with dogs in that way. So we want her to get that protesting being in the crate, assuming that this isn't some sort of like clinical separation anxiety kind of thing because then this right. this would not be a fair approach to take but I have found okay. this to be widely effective it's just a simple knock it off you're in here settle down go to sleep and, and then she, go ahead but I'm just thinking like about time wise so she's gone to the bathroom we, we've eliminated bathroom issues yeah She's howling in there, and I give her another 10 minutes. She doesn't settle down. Give her the the tap. Is like that an appropriate amount of time? Yeah, you kind of have to, when if you if you figure out, um, <clears throat> okay, I've tried waiting her out right. over the last week and a half or whatever. You know, I've given you, yep. like, plenty of opportunity to show me that you're going to calm yourself down. Okay. And and she doesn't, you know, OK, I've done this okay, five gotcha. days in a row and you have not calmed yourself down because there's an internal process that needs to happen within the yeah. human where you get to right. a place where you you get. OK, I think now I'm in a place where I actually need to try interrupting this behavior so that she because gotcha. otherwise they, they, she just gets herself worked up and worked up and worked up and worked up. Right, right. And if if a correction is effective, you're going to see that it's going to drop the energy, the dog's energy. It's just going to drop the energy, interrupt the behavior, and make her think. Okay. So she learns um, when I carry on and scream and shout in the crate, I get, you know, the crate banged on and and scolded. That didn't right. work. That didn't work for me. Okay. So 
I'm not going to continue to do that behavior. Okay. It's just simple cause and effect in her learning. And it can take some repetition to establish it. So don't expect that, you know, you do it once. In some cases, that mm-hmm. is that can be the case. Sometimes dogs are like, oh, okay, you just had to say so. And then they calm down and go to bed and you're <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that was okay. so easy. That can okay. happen sometimes, but don't expect it. And it could be a process because along with that boundary needing to be set, there is some upset there for her that we want to yeah. be sensitive to as well. You right. know, so it's it's like, okay, like I get it. It's hard. This is new and cut it out. Right. Like you've got to establish that with her and then that will actually help her adjust and calm down. That's the whole point. It's not to scare okay. her or make her feel bad. It's actually interrupting her getting herself all worked up and giving her access to relaxing. Oh, my gosh. Like you, you'll you see a dog oftentimes just kind of like snap out of it with a correction. Like that's when it's effective. Okay. But you're not like, you know, being super scary and trying to, you know, make her feel bad or scare her or whatever. But it is it, it is an abrupt and, and it sort of has a abrupt energy to it. Um, right. And and because if you think of a dog snapping at another dog, it kind of has that like, huh! like, whoa. Uh, sorry, yeah. Eric. <laughs> sorry. Right. I hope nobody has hit headphones on when <laughs> I just did that. Um, <laughs> but it, it has like an energetic pop to it. And that's just if you watch a dog correcting another dog, it's going to be the same thing. So it's just like a, a quick. So you're going to be on the couch or you're up in your bed and you're mm-hmm. here. She, oh, there she goes. She's carrying on, carrying on, carrying on. Oh, okay. She's not settling down. Okay. I need to go and deliver a correction and tell her to knock it off. And then what you want to do, like, let's say if you're on the couch still, or regardless, you wait. And if there is a pause, like if she's like, carry on, pause. Mm -hmm. And then, and then kind of starts up again. You want to time, time your no with right when she starts up again, just so that she gets that it's starting the protest that gets the correction this can, can be okay. harder to do so don't worry too much about that but you just kind of okay. wait on the timing and then you're like in your own mind okay I'm ready to go I'm waiting and then when when her protest spikes you okay. boom out no run over to the crate smack the side of the crate might you might say another no knock it off okay and then boom back into bed that's all she gets Okay. You're not talking to her about it and that it because you want to make sure that she does not ex- that she experiences that as something that she's just motivated enough to avoid. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we're sure. going to come back and keep going and let you digest this. So we're talking with Nicole in Massachusetts about her family's new puppy and she's got three boys, five, eight and nine. And she feels like she's pretty comfortable with the, the mom of human, human babies. But this puppy, you're feeling a little confused. So we're clarifying a lot of really important fundamental stuff. We just spent a lot of time on the crate and trying to set the dog up for success as much as we can. And then also, how do you interrupt an undesirable behavior if it feels like that's what's needed to try? We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And now back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Welcome back to the dog show with Julie Forbes and I have Nicole in Massachusetts on the line with me about her new puppy, her family's new puppy, 12 week old golden doodle named Luna. And she has three boys ages five, eight and nine. And we're clarifying some basic puppy stuff that, you know, you've had questions about, you know, well, I know how to do this with human kids, but I don't know what to do with a dog. So it's really good, good stuff that we're getting to. We spent the first three quarters of the show talking about crate training, a little bit of, of potty training questions along with that, as far as timing and stuff like that, really dug into that. And so if you've, missed any part of the show you can listen to it on itunes as a free podcast all of our shows are up there and also on our website dogradioshow.com so all right real quick about house training because this one's 
I mean, I could really like go deep into this, but I want to get to yeah. the other thing, which is the nipping with the boys. But just right. real quick about house training. Ready? Yeah. You're ready. Lay it okay. on me. Okay. Rule number one, set her up for success. Yeah. Uh, taking her out when you think she needs to go. If she's just had yeah. a nap and uh, she's just woken up, take her outside. If she's just had a big play session and then went and got a big drink of water and was panting, was running around with the boys, take her out to go potty. So anytime something kind of changes, she's just eaten a meal, take her okay. out to go potty, that kind of stuff. Okay. And then having some structure time where you do have her, you know, I would, since you're at home and work from home mm -hmm. um, and you're home most of the time, um, then build in some structure time where she does go into her crate and then her body is uh, being forced to hold it rather than gotcha. having, you know, if she was able to just, you know, in the habit almost of just going out every hour and relieving herself the muscle memory, like her body would actually sort of expect to, to relieve itself that frequently. And so you want to okay. build in some structured time where she is asked to hold her bladder, um, but setting her up for success and then letting her out. And so the muscles get stronger specifically during the day because they'll figure it out at night because right. they want to sleep through the night and they're tired and blah, blah, blah. But during the day, not so much. So it is good to actually build in that structure for her. Put her in her crate when you and know she's tired anyway. Give her a bone. And then maybe, and then of course, if you're going out to run an errand or something, she's been in there for three hours. Great. And then you let her out. She goes to the bathroom and she just yeah. had to hold it. Yep. Setting her up for success, rule number one. Then. Okay. If, if and when, because they do, have accidents, you want yep. to catch her in the act. Okay. And you do let her know that that is not acceptable. So you do. And how you, do you do that? You just sort of like, um, um, let me move away from the microphone a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, Eric, how's that sound? Is that better? You just go like, no, like it's a, it's not, there's not like a lot of anger to it, but it's definitely like, n like, no, like we, we don't, oh, we don't do that. And then right. scoop her up run her outside ideally the best case scenario is that you've caught her like right as she started to squat but didn't start peeing yeah. or just barely started peeing and then okay. you you know no 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 and then run her outside and then she goes outside and then you praise her when she goes outside good potty and praise her specifically for right. what it is that she's doing so not just good girl but good potty right i don't use treats for house training so if she has an accident in the what do you mean no treats for house like, cleaning? So like, like if so there's an accident? No. So like if when you take her outside and she goes to the bathroom outside, don't give her a treat for that. Because she, okay, so I get like, so Just because praise. she started to try to go in the house, that's not a rewardable situation. No, any situation that she goes outside in general, I don't like using treats for house training at all. Okay. So even when you go outside and because, mm -hmm. well, for a lot of reasons. We're, I want to make sure okay. we get to the nipping stuff, but sure. um, it's not necessary. You, you don't have to have a treat to praise her. So you want to be like, okay. oh, like that is so good. Okay. Good potty. That's nice. And she's going to feel that you are like, that is amazing that you're doing that. Okay. And that's what's going to yeah. motivate her to, to go outside and also have her understand that that is what is acceptable and what okay. and also what you're reinforcing with your attention and your really awesome praise. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you are amazing. And then when she goes inside, it's just nope. Pick scoop her up, okay. run her outside. And if she doesn't go after you've run her outside, like if you've caught her right at the end, it's OK. Dogs learn through okay. experience so by showing okay. her, no, not inside, outside, by actually taking her outside, because you can't just say, I told you, you need to go outside, right? As, right? She's a dog. She's not going to get that. Right. So no more treats when she does, that goes to the bathroom outside. No. Stop that now. No, it's, because it's, what's... Use praise and extra love. Yes. And She's going to be 400 pounds. Well, right. And then she, she wakes you up at 1130. I need to go outside and go potty. And she pees a tiny bit and then gets a treat. 
okay. Totally makes sense. Right? All right. This whole treats and house training thing is something relatively new in the industry. When at 15, 16 years ago, when I was starting in on training and behavior, it wasn't really around. And now it's a thing and I don't like it. Okay. I'm with you. Standing with Julie. (laughs) Good. Solidarity. (laughs) All right. Um, Nipping and barking. Yes. Okay. And you said specifically with your youngest, who's five. Yeah. So there's, um, he's short. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like there's like an equal dominant thing there. They both feel like they're the boss. Um, but so it's I think it what you what you said about dogs turning around and giving a response to another dog to say no mm-hmm. is I think what she's doing with him. Um, I think he just see like I think it's she's had enough because the only time she nips or barks is is. Typically, I think when the boys are playing a little bit too much with her, specifically okay. Declan. Okay. So there's some boy training that needs to happen as well. Yes. Where they just learn as part of this whole process of learning of, of you know, she's learning to live with you. They're learning to live with her and they're learning about appropriate ways to interact with dogs and that they need to not be too rough. Right. So there's that aspect of it. And yep. then from the dog perspective, um, with the energy that I can only imagine that three boys can get going, especially when they're peak, when they're all peaking, you know, and they're all just, you know, whoa, it might be overstimulating for her. So it could be like, they're just running around like crazy. Maybe they weren't physically too rough for her, but she's just like out of her mind with all the, all the crazy boy energy. And so that might be a situation where you actually set her up for success and she's, you know, okay, like you're exhausted, the dog, you're exhausted. Everybody's been out running around for the last couple hours and then the boys are getting nuts. She's tired. It's just too much. She's not going to be able to regulate herself, especially as a puppy. And so that might be a time where you're just like, let's not go there. And hey, here's a special bone. And it's puppy time in the crate. And here's this for you. And then the boys get to work out their energy. And maybe they go right. outside to do that, especially as the weather's getting nicer, blah, blah, blah. And, and Hopefully. you know, right, <laughs> someday. And um, yep. so part of it is is really, you know, there are some situations where it's just too much, you know. And she's, yeah. she's just like, I, you know, whoa. And yeah. so, so in and those. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see that starting in her. So recognize it. Yeah. And maybe that's a time where she, you know, gets to go into her crate, have some quiet time. The crate is not used as punishment. Never, right. It's like she's going to associate her crate as a negative space to be. But you can totally be like, okay, this is not going to go in a positive direction. Let's go in your crate. And here's a here's a bone that you get or a chew stick or whatever. Good girl, you're in there now. You have to be in there and don't protest. But right. But you're not framing it as a punishment. You you've been right. bad. You go in your crate. Well, she's going to hate her crate. Like don't do that ever. Right. right. If she does Now, if the boys are being too rough and she's yeah. like afraid and and also like dude, back off and then she corrects yeah. them, then there's some work to do with the boys. Yeah, because she's a puppy and she shouldn't be put in that situation. So that's right, where mom and that's where mom and dad come in and just Absolutely. help help kind of, you know, OK, you guys. Hey, hey, hey. She doesn't really get into if it's a situation where she was like, I felt like I had to defend myself. You know, we don't want the, the how you work with that is not to correct her for defending herself. We want to work with, OK, yeah, absolutely. how did we get there in the first place and how we how can we structure things differently to set everybody up for success? Sometimes and I said to the boy yeah. before, like that, if, if you're doing that and this is reaction, she it's not her, it's you. Yeah. And I don't if she does the reaction I stated. I don't. I don't punish her. I, I. I. look at the boys and I said, I. I told you. I said, if this. If. If you do A, B is going to happen. Yep. And that is not her fault. Yep. And she, then she making, doesn't know. Yeah. And then making sure that they stop doing it in the future. You know, and whatever that takes. Yes, absolutely. For them to get like, hey, that's a consequence. And if you don't listen to her, 
you're going to listen to me. Yes, absolutely. Right. Um, also, too, if you notice it, it's because you know your boys. If you notice they're yeah. starting to go in that direction, you come in and be like, you guys, this is not going in a good direction. And you know that if you just let it go and didn't intervene, the puppy would end up feeling like she needed to correct them. And then Luna will see you coming in and controlling them. And that will help yep. her feel like she's being supported as well. And it's not just up okay. to her to just defend herself against the madness. Because <laughs> they're, you right. know, they're yeah. young. They they have their own yeah. Yeah. impulse control challenges, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's you you and your husband really being that structure, having the boys feel that and also having the dog feel that because they notice all that right. stuff. There are. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was just going to say now there's there has been situations where she's either nipped um, unexpectedly. Yeah. And it could be something that they don't know that they're doing. Um, well, puppy. How, like, like an unsolicited nip. Yep. Like, yep. So puppy well, mouthing. How do I discipline her? Yes. Puppy mouthing is a very common thing there. If you watch puppies playing with each other, they're mouthing, mouthing, mouthing. And, yes, the, absolutely. you know. So it's expected, but part of raising her as a dog is teaching her not to use her teeth on people and that if she wants to. And so one thing that can be helpful is that when they are wanting to play with her, giving them lots of big, soft plush toys that she gets. You put your mouth on this while we're playing, not my hand or my sleeve. If you do get into a situation, you want to pick your battles with the mouthing, though, because some of them are a little more incidental and then some of them are a little more offensive. So you want to kind of pick your battles. Uh, The ones that you piece out. But what I have found to be effective with puppies is, again, there's that word no. So let's say she crosses a line. She she gets carried away and then Mm -hmm. she just nips the hand or whatever. You press her tongue down with your thumb. You just like right when she does it. So it's just real quick and then it's over. You just reach in, press her tongue down with her with your thumb. So you just depress her tongue a little bit. So it's just uncomfortable. No. And then here, okay. put your mouth on this, give her a plush toy, something like that. Put your mouth on this, put your mouth on this, because it's going to want to go on to okay. something. And then also just make sure that she's not overstimulated. Nicole, we are out of time. Right. But if you find it's that awesome. there's follow-up stuff, because there's so much that we didn't get to, and this is all really great puppy stuff, let's keep in touch. Tell me how she's doing, and maybe you come back on, um, and we'll get to some other stuff if you're still feeling challenged. I would love that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck. It was great to talk to you. Tell your mom I say hi. All right. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You've been listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.